You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Roar, and welcome back to the Oz Network for our Amazing Race Australia coverage. <laughs> that time. We are back to cover the second week of Amazing Race Australia season four because there was so much good happened in last week. We have to follow up on the, this week. And in my opinion, a lot better episodes. I think there was a lot more drama. I think the show's fighting its footing and everything. So it's a lot more exciting. We have a lot more to talk about uh, if we can remember what we we're supposed to be talking about. But we have a lot of fun challenges, interesting team dynamics. You got U-turns in there. We got speed bumps. We got a whole bunch of stuff to get to. As always, I am your favorite host. Depending on where you're from, maybe not, Rossi. And I'm joined by my pal, my amazing Race Australia expert, Jared. Yeah, everybody's second favorite host. Um, back again. Yeah, better than Colin, better than Ben. Who's Noah? I don't know, but we got Jared. First, before we get into the episodes, we got a little um, room air, clear the air on things. Uh, Housekeeping. Yes, uh, that's a good way of putting it. <laughs> Some people on the internet were very unhappy that we had a very unpalatable episode to listen to, which I knew it was rough. Uh, it was unplanned that we were going to have issues coming up, but it unfortunately happened. Uh, we tried to make do with what we had, uh, and we appreciate everyone who stuck through it despite that. Um, and we can... Forget that one who decided to give us a one-star review for one episode. Thank you. We love it. Please give us more um, and don't listen anymore. But that aside, this episode should be a lot better in quality because Colin is recording and it'll all be smooth sailing. Even though Colin is not here, he's still managing to record. How talented is he? Jared, do you have any uh, messages for our lovely fans out there who listened to last week's episode? Oh, just thanks for the listens. Keep them coming. Um, hopefully the audio is better. Um, if not, feel free to pretend um, that I'm recording from Antarctica or something. So there's like some legitimate excuse for why the um, connection's so bad. Ah, okay. you're, you're on location on Amazing Race Australia. Yeah, spoilers, season two. And by season two, I mean season five. <laughs> <laughs> Um, all right, so now we got the housekeeping out of the way. Um, there was one more thing that I wanted to touch on about last week's episode. Uh, I recently sent Jared an interesting article um, by some news source in Australia. I don't remember what it was, uh, but we were venting a lot about uh, the hugging of the teams at the pit stop, and uh, seemingly the Australian audience was equally... Uh, strong about their opinions about it as well, and they were not fans either. Uh, big surprise. Yeah, I feel like the drop-in viewers um, from the first episode to the episodes after is solely down to the hugging at the pit stop. Um, but I think people need to tune back in. We've kind of uh, ironed that out a little bit. There were inklings of the awkward hugging coming back in, um, but definitely nowhere near as bad as the first episode. Yeah, getting a lot better. Like I said, everyone's kind of figuring things out as they go along. Uh, but we still managed to put through the first week of hugging 
to get through a better week of less hugs, but still some hugs and still some awkward gestures. But that's the charm of our lovely host, Mr. Mr. Ryan. Okay, now let's get into the actual episodes, uh, which feel like forever ago, even though it didn't happen that long ago. But so episode three, we kind of follow, come back after the fallout of uh, Judy and Therese, the nurses getting eliminated in a blindsiding twist of being outright on route run. <laughs> the nuns? <laughs> yeah. Jack of all trades? Yeah, they were. Alpaca farmers? dominating and they got outrun at the last minute and we were devastated uh it's just kind of i was uh the beginning of this episode was very odd because you know you got Bo who's trying to sell the episode and everything and then all of a sudden some of the he's like giving out trivia about soul and one of the things that stood out to me is he's like the fastest internet speed of anywhere on the planet and like that's the selling fact that he's giving for the country yeah, if we'd recorded the episode in Seoul last week, the audio would have been top-notch. Oh, yeah, we would have, we would have gotten all five stars. Mm-hmm. And they've been doing this thing this season where they start the, uh, like, the the new, the leg starts in a random location so they don't, like, pick up from where they left off. Is that, yeah. like, common? Not or a is fan. That... Not a fan. Um, I think I've seen mentioned, too, the whole, like, no starting times when the team leaves and it doesn't like doesn't look like they're leaving kind of 12 hours after they arrive but just like can we get some sense of like what the gap is between teams are they staggering them based on their finishing time or are they just like putting them like five minutes apart like what's like the go here uh it'd be nice to have some transparency there yeah some a few minor inconsistencies i don't hate it obviously because most of traveling from remote you know jungle area to city would have been kind of boring would have done nothing for the show so i don't mind that they jumped ahead a little bit um but they they're finally moving out of seoul and they're moving to vietnam is it vietnam mm-hmm. okay i was like please i didn't write it down so i was like please tell me that it's vietnam uh which is exciting because the, the first two legs they kind of stayed in the same relative area they went to the dmz which was new but other than that they were really just in kind of south korea there and oh one more thing before we kept you going for the entire first week of the show i always thought that uh viv and joey were dating (laughs) and then when they were like as siblings or something i was just like wait what it took me off guard because i was not expecting that Common problem. They should have put it in uh, in bigger font. This was like me with the Amazing Race Canada, where I thought that that team, whose names I can't remember, who finished second on the latest season, I thought they were a couple and they were just teammates. Yeah, the Amazing Race has to clarify these things. We, we, we're not supposed to know this. Uh, but in the history of backstories, we got uh, a backstory for Rawa being a, a mother of three and all this kind of stuff. And I was immediately like, red flag, they're going home. Uh, I was not wrong on my prediction. Uh, it's just not this episode. They also, in this episode, freaking just no airplane anything. They don't even get to the airport. They just are all of a sudden in the new country. They don't even tell us how they traveled. They're just in Vietnam the next time we see them, which 
I guess it's fine if it doesn't do anything, but you know, I feel like you'd want a little bit of that for the Amazing Race, especially on a revival season. Yeah, I feel like it's like the point of the show. Just like it takes what all of two seconds to just do your little map with the plane flying from one spot to the other. Um, yeah, just just little things that are, that are those staples, like we mentioned, kind of in the first week that are, that are missing. Um, that I really think just kind of need to be in there, and it's not um, freeing up that like five seconds. It's not like we're getting all this other content that's that's worth losing uh, those moments. Yeah, we could have edited out a little bit of Tom and Tyler saying something in a confessional for a, a quick map graphic. Mm, cut down the backstory to the first episode. Um, you know, <laughs> true. <laughs> No, but we're going to get a backstory in episode nine about one of the teams. Mm, yeah. We, we have to savor that moment. Come on. This is true. Watch out for the uh, yeah backstories because then you know who's uh, in danger. Unless they decided not to give a backstory or confessionals or anything and then they're just gone. That's true. There's precedent for that. Uh, and also, you know, who's in danger and not in danger from the, like, ridiculous amount of footage that they've shown from every leg that's going to proceed uh, further in the race, uh, which they keep doing. And they show on all the ads and I see these teams doing stupid tasks. And I'm like, well, that hasn't happened yet. So they're safe for a while. Um, yeah, I don't know why they ever bought that flash forward thing in the Amazing Race America, but the uh, Amazing Race Australia has kind of run with it. Um and gone really overboard with showing future legs on all their ads. She's got to have the suspense of, oh, what's to come? Oh, my God, they're in the snow or they're in the desert. we got to wait for mm. that. Yeah, when, you, yeah. when you see a team in the snow and they're on the leg in the desert, uh, pretty good indication that they're going to make it through that one. You don't know. Things could. What if they go to a, a indoor snow park or something? You never That's know. True. But... After the teams, you know, check in or kind of check in, but they get to Vietnam. They have to. We have our first, first of the show, three episodes in. Not bad for the Amazing Race, but our first catch back up moment of the race, where they have to get uh, sign up on this board for like viewings to this puppet show, and it's like a race. Like who's going to get there first? Because you have three slots, so you should get in with uh, different times and everything. Which normally I'm not a fan of catch back up. But in this season, uh, where all the teams are essentially not changing position at all, I think it was very needed at this point in the race. Yeah, I liked it too. It was nice to kind of get this first point where something's not open and you've got to sign up for different times. Um, it's such like a staple that we haven't seen yet two episodes in. Um and, I mean, if they're going to be repeating challenges that they've done in every other season of The Amazing Race, uh, then they may as well repeat that format as well of having the sign-up board. Although the, sp the space on the sign-up board was way <laughs> too small for the teams writing their names, uh, which I thought was funny. Just I don't know who was first to arrive, but, like, they took up so much room. Like, three teams had to fit in that one space, and they're just writing in massive letters. I'm like, just stick between the lines. Stick to your own spot. Um, obviously didn't have the budget to spring for a bigger sign-up board, but uh, I suppose we can excuse that. Yeah, no teams were putting, like, the smiley faces or frowny faces on the board either. No, no, no room for it. Uh, yeah, yeah, all the names took up all the space. When you had Chris and Ad as my favorite team uh, <laughs> on the board, then uh, you know there's no room. Yeah, but I, 
normally we're anti catch back up, but in this season it was very good, especially seeing we're so far, quote unquote, into the episode the season. To have it, it's a nice kind of change of pace. And then the challenge I thought was pretty exciting, interesting, like kind of standard Amazing Race esque challenge. Not we haven't seen something like this, but something similar we've seen before. But this was fun where they have to watch the show and they have to pick out the their next clue within it. And I thought it was a fun t- twist to have the names on the dragons, but they were hard to see. And you're just like have teams looking for dragons or golden dragons. It, it just it was more interesting than I was expecting. And I think that seeing a lot of teams struggle made it kind of fun to watch and seeing some teams get it right away and, and figure it out as they go along or teams have to go back. I think there was just a lot of interesting stuff going on here that maybe they didn't expect to happen, but it was fun to have uh, kind of like in the first episode that challenge and that didn't really hold that much weight, but it meant everything for the episode. So yeah, I agree. I think kind of the little extra challenges are tending to be better than the roadblocks and detours, um, which is interesting. Uh, yeah, but good to see the water puppets again. Always a fan of, of when we see them on The Amazing Race. Unfortunately, no uh, water dragon squirting people in this episode, which I think was a real missed opportunity. Um, but yeah, like you said, so many ways they could have interpreted the puppet show are they looking for kind of some temple with dragons which the other some teams just went off and looked for randomly throughout the whole of vietnam um yeah i think too the fact that like the words like you didn't know what order they were going to be and you had to ask the local and after your show you couldn't go straight back into the next show because other teams were booked in for that one um yeah plenty of opportunity for the order to change up here Although, um, in typical fashion from the first week, teams are, like, so not obvious when they, like, figure out what the clue is and they're all talking really loud and pointing and then, like, moving right up to the edge of the pool to see what's written on these dragons' name tags. Uh, And then the same, like, guy in the street who one team asks is then giving the directions to everybody. Um, Yeah, just a lot going on. And I think the the teams definitely need to learn how to uh, keep a secret this season. They're very giving people. They like to share their information. Mm-hmm. Which we which we see later on with all the alliances that are forming kind of throughout these two legs. Yeah, I was going to say, because this is at the point where um, Tom, Tom, and the, Tyler, uh, Tom and Tyler, they were the last kind of showing. And I remember Viv and Joe went up to them and was like, hey, this is what you're looking for. Uh, just check the names. And then they kind of gave them what they were looking for. And so they didn't really have to struggle at that challenge at all. And then you know, in the next episode, we'll see more of the other alliance coming into play and stuff like that. So it's been an interesting season for alliances and, and what's kind of being shared information-wise. Yeah, lots of power couples this season. Uh, I'll save that because I have very interesting news to share at the end of episode four about that. Uh, keeping people interested in the episode, stay tuned to the end of episode four where we we'll talk about an interesting dynamic of a team. But they eventually figure out that the clue means that they have to go to the bus stop, which is not a, a temple with dragons on it. Uh, they have to go to the bus station or whatever and take a bus two hours to some location, uh, which was a fine, like, you're in the city, now you're kind of going more out to the nature or natural area environment. Um, and I liked that there was, like, staggering of the buses. I think there were, like, four different bus trips or something like that, which was crazy, like... I would have liked to have seen, you know, like bus one, 
and like when they left or when they arrived or something like that. Some of those things that we were talking about earlier was missed, but it, it was fine. See more of the country and stuff like that and get more uh, gross and dirty challenges, which is always a fun thing. So the detour they had was escargot or make boat go, <laughs> which we've seen before. The boat rowing seems familiar. I don't remember when they did it, but I feel like they done it or at least people tried to do it and then probably did the other detour and then escargot which was just picking snails out of the gross uh rice field uh which it felt like we haven't specifically seen but you know seemed familiar just pick up these kind of it was like the shell challenge from uh canada but less uh difficult Mm, a lot less difficult i think that was the issue like i think the challenges this leg were a lot better and and more difficult but these were just really mismatched details and i don't know how any team was going to struggle with the collect 100 snails um unless they had an like a fear of snails or water um then they probably shouldn't be on the race but like there was just no difficulty element in this it was just pick up like as many snails they didn't even have to get 100 exactly um it seemed like there were plenty of snails in the field there was, yeah, no shortage and no real challenge um, to that part. Uh, but the um, boat rowing, I think, was great. And then, obviously, uh, the U-turn as well. Before we get to the U-turn, um, I want to educate myself on a little bit of Australian uh, slang and dialogue. Mm-hmm. Uh, so as someone said something in this, one of the sisters, I think it was, something that really caught my eye and I had no idea what it was and I didn't even bother looking it up but she said that they go yubby hunting or something like that yabby hunting I think yeah what is like um I suppose you would say like similar to crayfish oh okay what what is it called crustacean-y like lobster thing but not that big yabby yabby Mm. that's not the actual name that's what you call it or what people would call it that's the name of like the animal oh okay okay keep them as pets but you can find them in like fresh water as well okay so that's definitely an advantage to have in this challenge yeah i think so it's like a, a like australian animal i don't know like if it's found kind of elsewhere throughout the region but common kind of freshwater australian crustacean I don't think it would help. I think it's probably a lot easier to pick up a snail than a yabby, considering the claws. Uh, Snail's not going to bite you. True. Well, we saw some, uh, what was it, last season of the U.S., they had that uh, fishing challenge and that thing where they had to collect the the lobsters or whatever it was. Mm. Yeah, similar to that. Okay. All right. The more I know. Uh, But like you said, we had a U-turn, which came out of nowhere, no warning. I, did, I'm sure there were ads that told you all about it, so you probably knew. Mm-hmm. Uh, but those of us who didn't see these ads in your country uh, would not have expected it. And so it was a big surprise that it came, and I was even more surprised that it was just a single U-turn, not a double, not a blind, not a one-way. Like, it was just standard. 
Yeah, I was excited by that. That's just something we don't see anymore. Like, it's always the double U-turn to give a team that's U-turned, I suppose, a chance of getting back. And then you have the strategy of do you U-turn a team that's already ahead of you so that the team you've U-turned can't use it. Um, Yeah, I like the whole, like, back to basics. And I think this kind of proved that it's okay to just have a one-team U-turn. They didn't finish last in the episode. There's time to catch up. Um, Yeah, I'd like to see it kind of come back more as a thing. I think I'm like a little bit over the uh, double U-turn and the blind U-turn. I think just the straight back to your original U-turn one team, they have to put up who did it, I think is a fair enough um, task to have. And I was really surprised, maybe that's just me, but I didn't expect this from Deadly Duo. I I just didn't see that they were going to U-turn a team I just, it seemed like the mateship team, so I was very surprised that they did this, like, dirty deed of U-turning a team. Yeah, I agree. I thought, like, that Sid and Ash were definitely going to get U-turned because they've kind of pulled a fast one on multiple teams, Um, but I didn't see this as being um, kind of the biggest feud that they have, I suppose. Um, But obviously, with the flashbacks, kind of, it, it made sense. It seemed like such an inconsequential moment in, like, the first episode with the whole, it's blocked down there because they went that way anyway. Um, I thought it might have been, like, I don't know. They, I feel like they've pissed off so many teams at this point that it could have really been anybody that did it. But um, for a team that was fairly high up the rankings too, uh, when they arrived at the U-turn point, uh, it was interesting that they used it. I mean, no surprise on who was your turn, obviously, but I thought I just thought it was interesting that they did it, uh, especially over nothing, seemingly from our perspective. But uh, I was good. On, I was proud of them. I was like, good on them. They're 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 really growing on me these two. So I was kind of happy to see that. Uh, and I always thought it, I thought it was really funny because like Sid and Ash originally did the boat, and they were like, no, no we can't do this. And then they and then we find out that they get U-turned, and that's when they have to go back and do the boat again. It's always fun, Ed, fun, uh, you know, comedy of that. And the boat challenge was so weird for some of the teams to do, which has made it extra funny that, like, the teams did, that Sid and Ash had to do it again, so. And so then we get to the roadblock, which is the, uh, all of these sort of, like, rice patties they have to dig through to find a coin, and only nine of them have a coin, and so if you find one without a coin, you have to eat the whole thing. Regardless of what's in it, I think there was some with chilies and some with extra spices and stuff that made it a bit more difficult to get through. And I thought this was a fun challenge. Like, maybe we've seen something like it before, but this was just a fun challenge. I thought it was interesting, exciting. I thought there was a lot of drama. Some teams getting it right away. Uh, some of the teams, like, yelling at each other. Like, the start of at Adrian's, or whatever her proper name is, you know, getting into Chris over everything. And this is really where this started to show, you know, with this challenge and just a whole bunch of different stuff, uh, especially with the boys getting it on their first try. Like, they didn't need to get it on their first try, but somehow they did. And one of the sisters doing, like, 30 of them. Just so many fun dynamics that just made this challenge extra great. Even if the challenge is boring and it's right, it, it gave us so much drama. Yeah, I thought it worked really well. I... I feel like tinfoil hat theory, maybe like there was more than nine parcels that had the lucky coin in it. It just seemed weird that like two teams got on their first try and, and apart from like 
the sisters, nobody else really struggled. I'm like, if there's only nine out of like 300, surely you're expecting teams to potentially eat like 50 of these things before they find anything. Um, but overall, I think it was just really well done. I This was like the moment that Michaela really came into their own. I feel like it was a good two episodes showing for the sisters. Um, Michaela had some really funny moments throughout. And it, was this her birthday episode as well? And she's eating this foul food on her birthday and like just watching everybody else come in and get it and for those teams that got on the first try like it was so like typical of like the boys like the golden team to walk in and just yeah got it uh they didn't have to eat anything no i thought this was really good and the fact that they paired this with like vietnamese um coffee as like here's your here's your drink to wash it down um i thought it was just really funny i was like they would be wanting like water so badly and like your only option is to eat this is to drink this coffee, which who knows how that tasted as well. Um, just a really well planned and, and thought out challenge. That was so odd. And like Bo was trying to sell it. Like it's customary. Like you have to wash it down with a, a cup of Vietnamese Joe. And it was just, it was very weird, uh, but such a good challenge. I think the highlight in terms of this episode and just, just, gave us so much and i think that's what really saved the challenges of this episode for us uh, and so kind of people getting checked in more classic bow at the pit stop talking to the to the greeter i forgot who was a pit stop who was a pit stop greeter do you remember um some, some yeah woman, who was it for this one yeah was this the lady in the dress or was she like for uh where did they check I think, no, the old no, guy was, this like, was, This was the lady, because this was the one with the um, mountain, right? Um, and it was like, yeah. do you climb the mountain, or he's just kind of out there on this, I don't know what you'd call it, jetty made of bamboo? Um, yeah, the lady who he, he asked her, did he ask her if she had kids? And she was, like, did not, like, get the question. She just kind of smiled and, and, and didn't really respond. I think both son kind of a really... Uh, good job with trying to like interact and bring the uh, pit stop greeters in into the conversation even if it's awkward at times yeah, and, and they say nothing and just stand there mm. uh yeah i forget what he asked her but it was something crazy and she just stood there in silence and he's like all right noted or something like that it's so good um there was a few hugs in there too uh, but uh not as much as episode one and not as much as episode two so we're good on that and it's getting better so calm down you hug haters uh, mm, keep the hug quota i think to like less than two um and, and it will be bearable yeah or at least spread it out a lot more mm-hmm. so we're not bombarded by like five in a row and then yeah like you were talking about the kind of the travel to the pit stop was really interesting that there was like He's in this area, like, go find him and, like, sit in Ash again. Just run straight for it. Like, don't even try. Like, opposite of episode one, where they should have run up that time, they needed to run down this time. And so they had to climb all the way up. They climbed all the way up, then asked someone, and then ran all the way back down to check in. They still made it. But, like, on top of that, and a U-turn, they were, like, all over the place this episode. Uh, They somehow survived. Yeah, this was them proving their point that they mentioned in the episode that they were only U-turn because they're a strong team. They're so strong. They know exactly what they're doing. Yep, their results are showing it. 
Well, we'll see. Episode four, maybe they'll do better. Yeah, I suppose they're working their way up, right? <laughs> yeah. And so, essentially, other than Sid and Ash doing it, no one really else had a challenge with checking in at the pit stop. I did note that there was a lot... This season is something... Maybe it, it's my gullibility of it, but like I feel like they're doing a good job of like adding suspense about who's going to check in last. Like I feel like they always have these close races. Like this episode, there was like a four race, four way race for the pit stop. At one point, like Sid and Ash weren't checked in, teams were checking in in the cabs, and they were like just getting out. It's like I felt like they're doing a really good job of that of the episodes, even though the order's staying relatively the same. Like it still that brings a lot of excitement and drama to it. Yeah, I think. Um... It, it doesn't feel like really manufactured drama and suspense um, that you'll sometimes get with, I feel like every time it's a team that's just stuck in traffic, like, you know that that's not uh, usually going to send them home. But here, yeah, you had Sid and Ash up the mountain, you had taxis actually dropping people off at the wrong spot and then having to get back in, and one taxi was facing the right way, so then they jumped ahead of another team. There was a lot going on, and there was real um, jostling for position this late uh, in the leg. So all the teams check in uh, relatively in the same order as last week. Uh, Tom and Tyler, Viv and Joe, Tim and Rod, the Deadly Duo, the Sisters, Instagram, the Nurses, uh, Chris and Ad, and Rowan and Mani had a backstory, so they get checked in last. Or the, what is it, the last team to check in? Yeah, what? How did he word it? Yeah, that would be right. You are the last team to check in. And at this point, we know they're not eliminated because we know when he eliminates the, a team from the nuns example, <laughs> he just says, you're eliminated. <laughs> Get out. Uh, yes, but they're not eliminated. They're safe. They have to do a speed bump next episode, uh, which they didn't say in this episode, but they said at the beginning of the next episode, I think. But they're saved. They get to race another episode. And uh, what were your thoughts on the fact that there was a single U-turn and a non-elimination in this episode? I felt like I saw it coming. I think it's so standard that every leg that has a U-turn at this point, you're going to get 80% of them, probably even higher, that are non-elimination legs because they want to build up this this kind of payback storyline of, oh, they U-turn these people and now there's going to be all this drama and they're going to hate each other. But, like, the tension was already there um, from the start with Sid and Ash, so I don't think it's added anything. Um, but I definitely saw it coming at the point of, like, it's a U-turn. We haven't had a non-elimination leg yet. It's, like, three. Like, it's going to happen soon. Chances are it's going to be at this point. Um, I just think the thing that was really weird was not mentioning the speed bump in this episode and the fact that they don't bring it up until Roa and Amani get to the speed bump in the next episode... Um, I didn't think that was the best way to handle it. I wanted to know, like, the consequence straight away because I'm like, are they doing the speed bump thing? Are they doing the first to check in? If not, 30-minute penalty? Like, what are they going with? It felt like there was an opportunity to change it or pick, like, a different way to handle it given it's kind of a reboot. Um, but, yeah, it just felt weird not having that in the episode. And also, no prizes again for either of these legs for, for the uh, first-place team. So... Um, be interesting to see if we're going to get um, prizes just at random points or if leg two is just going to be a one-off throughout the season. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even catch that, so that's funny that there's just been no prizes. Um, well, you know, you never know. Maybe uh, Tom and Tyler won a surprise salvage pass. 
Maybe. <laughs> or maybe they'll find it along the way. Like, oh. it'll just fall in their lap, and they'll be like, oh, what is this? And then they'll be like, oh, we get to save the eliminated team, or extra 30 minutes or something. Outcast twist to bring back the Italian sisters, please. Yeah, bring <laughs> season one, season two, season three teams. Right. That's what season needs. But it was a non-elimination leg, and so we wait 24 hours until our next episode to figure out what happens to the fate of Roa and Amani's extra task or whatever they have to deal with. So episode four, we get another backstory. We learn all about Kristen Ad. Uh, based on the episode three, I was expecting this to be their elimination episode just because we got so much about them. Like this was their episode, maybe not for the good reasons, but it was all about Chris and Adrian, specifically Adrian. It was such a breakout episode. I'm so happy. Um, like, like, they've got to be, I think, them and the sisters are my favorite teams at this point. And I just love this, like, break. Like, we saw, we saw like, moments of this happening. Um, but it was just such, like, a breakout episode and just of everything going wrong and, like, so much aggress- aggression. And, like, Chris just could do nothing right this, this whole leg. Like, every time he spoke or went to do something, he was getting in trouble for it. I just thought it was a really fun TV to watch. Yeah, I knew... We obviously saw, like, signs of this because Adrian would pipe up every now and then again. Like, last episode, she did a little bit but, like, this was, like, out of the gates, like, she is full-blown, like, she's a firefighter and she's a fiery person. Like, it was just out of nowhere. Like, I was so shocked. And then we'll get to the first challenge where she was, like, on full blast. But they got a lot of episode talk. Um, I don't even know if they traveled anywhere. I can't even remember. But all I had to do was get to their first task, which was just another root info task. Which this season of The Amazing Race Australia is loving. First task is just a, a generic root info, but it tends to have the most interesting drama to it. Uh, and this one, they had to bundle the incense in a certain weight, and they had to make sure that it was organized in a nice, presentable way. Uh, Chris and Adrian should have learned that. <laughs> and we also learned at this point, finally, that Roa and Amani have to build a fifth one in addition to their four that they have to do for the task, which I thought was a fun way of doing the speed bump. Like, they they unfortunately didn't get to eat ice cream or have a bath or or deliver someone's uh, dinner or something like that, like we've seen in past seasons. But uh, this was a good way of doing it, right? Yeah, I think this is kind of one of the better ways um, that we've seen them do it. I think adding just more difficulty to a task that's already there doesn't throw out the order heaps they're in amongst the action um they don't kind of get lost amongst it and you don't know where they're up to um and it really felt like something that with chris and adrian stuffing out it felt like here like it was like well like they only have to make another bundle maybe like they're actually going to get ahead of teams it felt like a fair i suppose a fair way to do it it wasn't them doing nothing or just something inconsequential that you can tell has been thrown together in five minutes of okay we need to come up with an extra task um yeah i think just one of the better ways of handling it i'll never love the whole speed bump thing but um if this is the way they're going to do it throughout the season i think it will work well 
Yeah, and they took it in stride. They weren't too far behind. I think they were always destined to kind of be at the back of the pack this episode, but I feel like they managed it pretty well, especially seeing as some of the other teams mess up, but Chris and Adrian. Um, yeah, I think that, there was just so much going on here, like even in terms of them getting to the incense sticks, like oh, yeah. nobody knew where they were going, and there was just the one kind of marked gate, and people weren't reading their clues properly again, and then Sid and Ash could, you could smell the incense from where they were. Um yeah, just another one of these tasks, again, that we've, we're just getting where you don't think it's going to be as complicated as it is, and then it just turns out to be a really good TV, the whole scales thing of, like, was this actually against the rules to turn it around and people being called cheaters and the Vietnamese lady not even weighing the bundles themselves and just basically <laughs> standing there while the, while, the, while the teams weigh their own bundles and like, yep, that's that's the right amount. I'm like, okay, we're just trusting the teams to weigh their own stuff at this point. Um, just, just really fun. I was a little confused because some of the teams were giving like comments like, oh, like we're not going to know what it weighs until we get to check it in to like to weigh in front of this woman. But they had, like, scales there, and I was so confused. And, like, what is this no-turning-it-around rule? Like, that seemed just, like hmm. something that they just made up. Right, but then Adrian seemed she was so adamant that, like, this is cheating, you're not, like, it's against, she was like, it's against the rules. I'm like, like, is it? There was just no clarification of, and even if it is, we've seen already that if you break <laughs> the rules in this season, it doesn't really matter. We're not going to give you a penalty if it makes good TV. I think is the general rule of thumb. So um, if I was on this season, I'd be breaking as many rules as possible, provided that it causes some sort of drama or it's a fun TV moment, and then they'll just let it slide. Yeah, like one of the teams should have swiped one of the bundles of another team. That would have been more right? fair. That's allowed. You can do that. Yeah, I guess Sid and Nash don't want to give up. For it. Sid and Nash probably don't want to give up their tricks. So. That's true. Can't try it out too often. The other teams might cotton on. Yeah. Well, the one, the team they did it on was eliminated, so no one knows. <laughs> That's true. It's a little bit harder to smuggle away a bundle than just two dumplings. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they could have swiped some incense they already pre-ordered. But, yeah. And Adrian was just, like, they were in their own field, too. Like, why they were so separated. Everyone was in this cluster, and they were off on their own, like... She was monitoring the scales, and then they weren't even, like, wrapping them together. They were just, like, clumping it. It was just, like, a big blob. <laughs> yeah, the <laughs> first time they go to check is the most amazing thing. It's so bad. Like, this is, like, another, like, we're doing tasks for, like, the locals here so they can save a little bit of time in their day. That lady with the scales, she doesn't have to bundle them herself. She's got to have many bundles now from all the teams. Um and it was just such a mess. Like, the fact, yeah, it only has to be two kilos, and it's just this unpresentable, not even, like, tied together well. Um, oh, it was just, but it's two kilograms. That's all we have to do. It was just so good. And I just can't get over the scales. Like, it was such a big thing. And then teams weighing stuff on, like, the opposite side of the fence and putting it on having to lean across. And then if you want to weigh it on this side, you can walk around the fence. And like you said, they were the only team on on that side of the fence because I think nobody wanted to be near at this point in case they got attacked. Um, 
Oh, just what a legend of, like, we needed some big character moments this season. I feel like that was lacking and with the nuns gone. And now, like, here's their replacement to replace the calm team. We've got hot-headed Adrian, um, which is just, oh, it's the best. She was just saying stuff that, like, we didn't know, like, and she was just, like, so right. And she's like, Chris was like, maybe we have to tie it nicer. And she's like, no. You're, you don't know what you're doing. You've never done this. And it's like, it's just everything she said was just like a firestorm of like controversy. Uh, and like you said, teams were like leaning over the fence. Like, I think at one point, one of the guys turned it around for someone else. And it was just like, here you go. Mm. And like, Wait, I, hmm. Tom and Tyler, I think, gave the sisters like the weight because she couldn't see from leaning over. He's like, oh, it's, um, it's 1.9 kilograms or whatever. And she's like, thanks. <laughs> Yeah, like she couldn't see it because turning it around is illegal, so they have to create new ways. It was just random. It made no sense, but it was so dramatic and so fun. I just think if it was such like, if it was actually a specific rule, then surely you make it more difficult for them to turn them around or put the scale in like the separate sections, not on the fence that's joining the two areas. And what would the punishment be? Oh, the sisters, you turned it around, you get a 30-minute penalty. Like, 30-minute penalty for something that took five seconds to do. Yeah. Like, it's not like it cheated, like, oh, um, here's my shoes, like, let me get in your cab. Like, that's, like, mm. like a big issue, like, where you, like, can get ahead of by hours or something like that. This was, like, a two-second to, like, one-minute change of uh, time. Like, not a big deal. Um, but after they weigh in their own incense at this woman's hut, uh, they have to have an option of two things. A throwback, of all throwbacks, a fast forward, uh, which was the infamous, uh, if there's one challenge to bring back, it's this one, this infamous uh, bike, uh, whatever. I don't even know what it was, crab traps or whatever they were. Yeah, like shrimp traps. Yeah, shrimp traps, uh, yabba traps. <laughs> yabby traps. <laughs> yabby traps. Um, yeah, the infamous challenge which you recently just watched uh, not too long mm-hmm. ago, uh, which was a fun challenge to bring back. Uh, obviously, a little bit more fair this time, uh, and or they could go to the detour, which is the face painting on the masks or the stilt challenge. Which I don't think we've seen the masks before. We've definitely seen the stilts before, uh, but still, like fun challenges. There was a lot of interesting stuff that happened here. Uh, big step up this episode for challenges. Even if we've seen them before, they were still like fun, dramatic. You know, you had Tim and Rod originally doing the fast forward, but then gave up. And then the deadly duo who was doing well in the challenge all of a sudden gave up. And then they were going to do the fast forward, like a lot of switching around. Like the sisters were struggling at the the stilts, but then they eventually got it, just took them a few tries. And the face painting and everyone, Adrian was yelling at Chris for moving, like, you didn't stay still or you're supposed to keep it on your face like what are you doing you're not the right color like a whole bunch of stuff and just a, a lot of fun things going around here yeah i think this is what we've been missing is like the change of order and throwing the fast forward in there and so like the fact that it was an early team who who went for it i think um were they the first to finish the incense um tim and rod i think they were so that's why kind of they went for it and everybody else was like, oh, it would already be taken. Um, 
But then I think it was really smart to have the fast forward so close to the other challenges so you could get an idea and they run past and they're already doing it. So, oh, we won't do it. And then there was just a lot going on. I think the masks were great because we've seen similar like mask painting before, but it's usually your partner wears it and then you paint it. But the fact they were both wearing it, they could only see out of these stupid little eye holes. And then some of the painting was so bad. Uh, Femi and Nick's mask on <laughs> that pig mask was so bad. The time that they eventually passed by doing it, it was like the wrong color. It had been all smudged from like the previous eff- efforts. It was one of these, okay, you've tried it multiple times, so we'll be lenient moments. And then the stilts, like that was just a difficult challenge. To me, the stilts looked like they were going to break at any moment. Uh, and the fact that they had these different, like there was the bamboo stilts, but then there was the timber stilts as well. I don't know if that was like a weight thing to have different stilts that were more sturdy. Um, but a lot of teams struggling and, and switching detours throughout. One thing that I didn't like, I would say, like I liked that the fast forward was right there, but I didn't like that the fast forward was like one vehicle. Like you couldn't have multiple teams trying it, which we see in a lot of seasons, like multiple teams are going for the fast forward, but the first to get it obviously is the the one that gets it. But there's only one bike, so only one team could do it. I just thought that was a little bad. Yeah, I agree looking back on it. And the fact, uh, I suppose it was a good thing that by the time um, Jasmine and Jerome got there, they'd reset the effort, the effort that Tim and Rod had done on, on the initial bike. Um and then I suppose my only other complaint that's not a big one is just that it was another one of these challenges we've seen before in other seasons but made a whole lot easier. The fact they only had to, like, ride at 200 metres and did they even really need to ride it? Was that specific or could they just have pushed it 200 metres? Like, it wasn't something that once you got the traps on, it was going to take long to, to get to the point. But poor Jasmine, she hurt herself. She did. She did. She hurt herself bad. That, like, immediate lump on her face after she got hit, too. It looked looked bad. And she's crying through reading the instructions of the task. Right? And I'm like, she's is she about to faint? Like, straight away, like, because you couldn't see him. Like, oh, she's got heat exhaustion. She's about to, like, faint. They're going to, like, be in trouble here. And then, oh, she just hit herself in the face with bamboo. Okay, it's bad because look at the lump. But, like, at least she's not dying at this point, so it's okay. Jasmine was uh, my favorite person this week. I just thought she was so good. She was like a beast. She like killed the still challenge. And even when her husband couldn't do it, she's like, all right, we're going to move on. And then they do the, they knock out the fast forward. She does all the heavy work and like she hurts herself. Like she was just an animal this episode. Yeah. I think they just made really good decisions of this is going to take forever. Like we're close to getting it, but like, maybe we won't get it let's just it felt really decisive that like okay when we didn't get it this time let's switch and then at the mask painting seeing where everyone was at and seeing that tim and rod were there okay the fuss was open let's switch they just felt like they made these moves that were risky but they made them so decisively that it was a really smart decision yeah they were just on fire this episode the deadly duo um but after sort of all the mask issues and the poor painting skills and all that stuff. Uh, they have to go to this temple where they have to find the proper statue where the, the uh, I don't know if it was Buddha, but the figure was having both feet on the animal. 
Um, and we saw a lot of different strategies, like Nick and Femi were looking at the wrong statues. A lot of the teams didn't know that there were multiple corridors to go down. Uh, I think Viv and Joey were writing down every statue that had an animal. Uh, Chris and Adrian were drawing the statues. Uh, it was just, it was all over the board. Uh, we saw the Tim Rod, Ash Sid Alliance come into play here again, where they tell them where to go and to find the statue and everything and they sort of help them there and everything so it's just a lot of going on and a lot of cuts here i feel like this challenge was a little hard to to film so it was a little crazy in terms of the filming of it but it was interesting like more like these challenges that aren't supposed to be challenges are challenging and they give us so much more than we expect yeah it just it seemed really difficult with the amount of statues there were and the fact that a lot of them had um, one foot on an animal, um, but not two feet, and then all the robes hiding his other foot. Where exactly is it? Um, the Chris and Adrian drama again of him <laughs> wanting to get a pencil out of his backpack so he could fade like over the name <laughs> so that he'd have it printed down, uh, which is honestly going to take twice as long as just writing it down in the first place. Um, him finally having his moment of, I think it's symmetrical, we should just go around the other side, and then he finally got something right this episode, and that was a good decision. Sid and Ash, like, being in the lead, and once again, not being able to do the simple navigation to the next point of, okay, we need to get to the bell tower, uh, where is it, let's check a map, let's hop in this little cart with this man <laughs> who... who they have to like switch person convincing to try to get him to agree to have them in the cart. Sid tries and has no luck. So then Ash comes in. Like, let me try to convince him to take us there. He obviously takes them to the wrong spot or the long way around. And they lose all this ground at this point. Um, it was just hectic. And another moment where it felt like there was a real opportunity for Rowan and Marnie who are in last at this point to catch up again. Cause there was so many teams struggling with this challenge. Yeah, there was, like, some crazy stuff. Sid and Ash managed to make the easiest things the most difficult. Like, I don't know how they, like, tried to, the, this buggy that was probably not about the race, like, just hop in, like, take us here, and then they don't go there, and they're, like, all across the way. They could have been first, but they were, like, all over the place. They, they did not know where they were going, and it was just really weird. Um, and, it, and, like, in this whole time, like, the duo finally, like, gets to the area, and they're checking in. They don't have to do all these tasks, so they're just trying to find the pit stop. Mm -hmm. And so other teams are, like, scrambling, and they're just kind of running through. And, uh, obviously, Tim and Rod not knowing about anything. They were just way lost. Um, so there's a lot of stuff going on. Um, some awkward conversations at the pit stop, specifically with Chris and Adrian, where they're, like, he's, like, we almost got divorced today. <laughs> And he was, like, trying to kiss her, like, while he was talking. It was weird. It, it, it was. I think, like, the no running rule as well. Oh, um, yeah. Which, like, how are they going to police that? It's amazing. It's Australia. They don't give out penalties. Um, but I think that added a lot to the tension as well of, like, we need to get there uh, really fast and all this stress. But then I think having the, like, you can't run here, and, like, you had so many, like, individuals having to remind their partner, like, it's it's no running. Um, it would just have been really frustrating to be in that situation and knowing the urgency and then having to walk as fast as you could to get to the pit stop. Um, I think that was a really fun twist. Yeah, and from what we saw, like, all the teams did it. So, like, no one, like, accidentally ran at any point, so. 
that was like a, a bonus to see like they actually had followed through and everything. Uh, so like kind of going over the check-in, which was a little different, like somewhat atypical uh, for the first time this season. Uh, no surprise, we have our, our our star Golden Boys checking in at the fourth or first for the fourth time in a row. Being um, robbed of a prize, they could have had four trips to different locations at this point, but instead all they have is what was it? Is it two and a half thousand dollars? One thousand, sorry, one thousand dollars each on their halo rings that have um, kind of disappeared. I don't know if Bank West is getting their money's worth in advertising at this point. I don't know if the halo rings are accepted a lot in um, Southeast Asia. It seemed like they were using cash a lot throughout these legs. Yeah, where was the the ring deposit for the, the cabs and stuff? Mm, right. Yeah, the, Canada works well with their sponsors. These across Australia forgets that they have them. Uh. But the, the guys check in, and then the sisters check in second. They catch up a lot. They make up a lot of time, uh, like they said, from fifth to second this leg. Um, most surprising of all is Team Instagram coming in third, top three for them, uh, followed by the duo, Tim and Rod, uh, Chris and Ad, uh, Joey and Viv, who dropped down the most out of everyone, Nick and Femi, who've always kind of been in the back, and then an unfortunate Roa and Imani, who could not survive their speed bump. Uh, how are you feeling about the teams now? Who are you most favorably liking? Who do you think has the best shot to win? I mean, we know who has the best shot to win, but uh, <laughs> all that jazz, go. I think everybody's really coming into their own. Um, I think after last week, um, like we praised kind of like the diversity of the teams, but maybe um, they weren't the most interesting teams. Uh, and then in the meantime, I went back and watched the highlights of the Italian sisters from their season, and that was probably a bad idea because then everybody felt really bland in comparison. Um, but no, I think Tom and Tyler, they're maybe not the most interesting team, but I think as far as kind of these golden teams that we've had on seasons of like the Alpha Bros, um, they're better than most, I would say, in terms of their personality. Um, they seem really genuine. I love the sisters at this point. I think particularly um, Michaela with her whole birthday thing and then the little rivalry we got in the stilts of Haley being like, I just want to do it because I don't want my little sister to be better than me at anything was fun to see. Um, Sid Nash stars, obviously, um, bending the rules whenever they can. I like that we have the um, potential hint of them backstabbing Tim and Rod. I think there was a, like maybe a little bit of foreshadowing where they mentioned like it's helpful for us, but when it comes time to do it, we're glad to just let them go and not give them information. Um, and then Chris and Adrian are just the best. Um, I like, I don't feel like they're long for the race, but I really hope that, that they can uh, stick around because they're on all of the ads this week. Like they're the star team who's getting shown um, all across the network at the at the moment. Are they being shown on Channel 8 too? Or just uh, 10? Not on Channel 8 yet. But um, okay. when when Channel 8, Channel 8 launches, um, who knows? They might have their own show. Um, Chris and Adrian's uh, Alpaca Farm reality show. Looking forward to it. Yeah, where she just gives orders and he just has to deal with it. When she, she yells at the alpacas for doing stuff wrong. Yeah. <laughs> In terms of the teams, uh, I really, 
I didn't expect it, but I'm loving the Deadly Duo. They're like probably my favorite team at this point. Mm-hmm. I just think this last episode was so good for them. So I've been really into them. The sisters are fun. The guys are fun. Tim and Rod are fun. I think they've been getting a lot more personality lately. Uh, I'm always interested to see what Sid and Ash are doing. Uh, and I will, I'll tease what I was teasing earlier. I'll now share what I discovered. Um, so I was looking in the articles that I was looking at about the hugs of our host. Um, I came across an article that shared that Sid and Ash are no longer together. Oh, I mean, if, they, if they're not meant to be together, who is? Chris and Adrian. <laughs> oh, right, yeah. Because they're Adrian no longer and Sid and Ash in, in 50 years' time. Yeah, if things go right, maybe they can get back to that. But uh, that our, our sadly power couple is no longer together, but they love watching the race together, so they will probably be enjoying some viewing partings in their future. But we have to get to our preseason predictions, which is the reason why I hate you, Jared. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Roamani coming in eighth. I said, or sorry, coming in ninth. I said they came in eighth, so it was one off. Tyler, uh, Tyler, Colin said that they would come in eighth, so he was one off. But you said they would come in ninth, so you get the point. And now you have three points for correctly predicting three from three. The correct on the dot predicting the first three eliminated teams. You must know something. Yeah, the spoilers are coming in handy. Um, thanks, Adrian, for uh, hooking me up with the boot list. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm happy with that. Um, good to do some we- do well on some predictions uh, so far. There's been some times where I think I've managed to get zero points, uh, which is impressive in itself. But, uh, so yeah, three from three. Uh, hoping moving forward that uh, that can continue. Looking forward to next week. Um, I have Rowan Amani. Colin has Rowan Amani, so that's not likely. Uh, but you have Viv and Joey coming in eighth. Likely? Mm-hmm. Maybe? Don't see it. But they were they were bottom this week. That's true. I think um, Femi and Nick, I might have uh, over, overestimated their abilities yes. in, in my predictions. Yeah, a top three finish for them is not looking too likely. Mm-hmm. Uh, speak, really quick, I kind of remember this now, but um, I loved it when they checked in and Bo was like, how are you going to fix this? And they're like, we just gotta, we're just going to do better next this time. We just got to. And he's like, well, that doesn't solve Like He called them out for like, saying the most generic thing that they could and was like but you said that last time or something like that and he was just like on on them and i was like fine good Bo, get him yeah i love that they're always the team that's in second last um and i don't think it happened this week but back to like when like the nuns checked in you normally get this moment of like the team that's still in the race saying how much they appreciate the team who's going and the fact that you get none of that from Femi and Nick, I think is really funny. And yeah, the fact that Bo called them out of like, well, it didn't work last time you saying that. So I'm like, Oh, we're just gonna, just gonna try harder. I think we're just, we've got the wrong strategy. It's like, well, obviously, um, I mean, surely they're not, they're not long for the race. I, I haven't seen any improvement throughout the legs and I don't even know it doesn't feel like they're just doing one thing wrong. Maybe going to the wrong spots. They spent the whole first episode of this week looking for the Dragon Temple. Um, maybe just a little bit impulsive in their decision-making. But, yeah, definitely surprising how poorly they're doing at this point. 
But oh, we have to rate the episodes. Um, I forgot. I was about to check out, but we have to check, uh, rate the episodes. What do you think? Go three and four. Um, I think three. I'm going to rent, and then four. I am going to buy. I think they were both really good episodes. Big improvements on the last week. I think every team's coming into their own, and just. Uh, the meltdowns are, are impressive at this point, and I'm hoping we see more of that moving forward. And I think, uh, oh, what uh, what was episode three again? We just talked about it. The U-turn episode. <laughs> and eating foul stuff. You know what? I'm going to buy both. Mm-hmm. Like, that whole birthday thing was so great. And... I've been the first two, so I'm going to balance it out by buying this next two. Uh, I just thought they were so fun. I thought they, like, went back to, like, true Amazing Race. Like, maybe there were some issues, but they were just so fun. Like, I had, like, some more groans about the first two. Like, these were just so good, and I thought they brought so much fun. Yeah, I'm expecting a double rent uh, next week. (laughs) Yeah, or back to the bins. Mm -hmm. Uh, But that will do it for us. Hopefully you managed to tolerate this recording for uh, however long it is, but uh, we hope so. We hope you give us all our the best ratings you can. Hopefully you talk highly about Chris and Adrian as well. Um, but yeah, that'll do it for us. Jared, thank you so much for coming back. Two thank for two. you. It's been a pleasure. Everybody watch the show. Um, let's get those ratings back up to uh, the premiere episode, please. Yeah, we want a season five. Mm-hmm. And I want all an All-Stars stars that includes the first three seasons. They count, Channel 10. Uh, it's, it's different from Survivor. The gap wasn't like as ben. big. They're right there. Yeah, but this is, this is more legit because they were sooner. They're not reaching back 20 years ago. Uh, they're just reaching back three, four, five years. This is season uh, one, Jerry. What are you do. talking about? Otherwise, just cast them again as brand new teams and pretend they weren't on. Uh, just bring back the Italian sisters, please. And the big W ladies. And the nuns. Just a season of all those teams, please. Just a three-team season uh, where we'll have an amazing winner. Just send them nine uh, non-elimination legs and then one final leg to decide who wins. <laughs> you have very crazy fantasies here. But yeah, that will do it for us for our second week of coverage here on the Amazing Race Australia, on the Oz Network about the Amazing Race Australia. Uh, we only have like what two weeks left of the show, so um, yeah, not it's many going quickly. Yeah. I like the two episodes a week though. I'm a fan. I think it works. You don't want well. three or more? No, I think two is a good number for the Amazing Race given the uh, episode count. Um, just keep it keep it simple, Channel Ten. Don't change the time slot. Uh, you saw how that worked for Channel 7, so just 7.30, Monday, Tuesday. Keep it simple. Do you think they should have, uh, in the rebranding, come back with, like, 20 teams and added, like, 10 extra legs or something like that? Yeah, 50 days, um, yeah. <laughs> um, 100 different countries. Oh, why not? But I'm, I'm sure they're, they're saving that up for Season 5. Um, they have to make money. it last. If they want this to compete against the block. They've got to make it last for half a year. 
uh, and be on four nights a week. So um, there's plenty of changes to be to be made to get it to um, have that longevity. So stay tuned to everything here on the Oz Network, all the movies, the TV shows, uh, more Amazing Race Australia coverage, and everything else that we're doing that I don't partake in, but I'm sure is great. Uh, we got Colin and Ben, and that's it. Yeah. Thanks. See you at the Water Dragon Show with Adrian yelling at us. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.